Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson from SaveWithConrad.com. Heads up, homeowners, all of a sudden your house is worth more than ever these last few years. But what are we going to do with that newfound equity? No, I'm not suggesting you sell your house or go buy something else. But didn't we all make this decision when we bought a house where we said, hey, someday we'd like to, and one day it would be nice if, maybe it's the dream kitchen, maybe it's an in-ground pool, maybe it's a man cave. But you've got this newfound equity, and I think we should use some of that equity to turn your house into your dream home with no money out of pocket. But even better than that, we're routinely helping folks do this, and they wind up with a cheaper monthly payment. So if you got the dream house you always wanted, with no money out of pocket, and your payments went down, how easy is that? Find out how easy it is to turn your house into your dream home with no money out of pocket right now at SaveWithConrad.com. We can't wait to hear about your projects. Tell us what your dream is. We're going to help you make it happen at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! are about to be spoken here on the extreme life of matt hardy presented to you by the ad free shows and podcast heat networks i'm john alba that guy right there that's the broken one woken one spoken one himself mr matt hardy a man of many titles for sure and the host and star of the extreme life of matt hardy what's going on man coming to us from kansas city this week yeah i'm out here in kc Getting ready for a, uh, a big day of uh, television on a Tuesday. And uh, in case you haven't heard yet, Tony Khan wants everyone to, to know it's Title Tuesday. So it's going to be a big night of a live dynamite. And a, uh, we're taking a rampage for Friday. So uh, very excited for tonight. It should be a, a pretty fun, entertaining night. And there's also a buy-in on a dynamite, which is very wild. Yeah, crazy crazy day ahead as we tape this obviously when this airs it will be friday or if you get early access on adfreeshows.com you'll be able to listen to it beforehand but we'll certainly be talking about this whole nxt aw debacle war battle whatever you want to call it plus we will be doing an entire episode on the birthday boy himself mr tony khan as he celebrates his 41st birthday here and we send our best wishes to Tony Khan. Would, would you like to say anything to Tony for his birthday here? Happy birthday, TK. Happy birthday, TK. Happy birthday, TK. I won't delete you. It's true. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah. I knew I, that was I, coming. I, I, I swapped in TK for you. So That's right. It That's right. We got our friends over on Adfree Shows watching us. We got Josh Fields says, good afternoon, John and Matt. It's World Mental Health Day today. Remember that it's important to take care of your mental well-being and to be there for your friends and loved ones, too. We agree, right? Sir, we do agree. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for reaching out. And you're right. Your, uh, your mental health is very much your health. Yes. We did a whole episode on that in our archives, the mental health and addiction episode, ExtremeHardy.com. We got Ken Smock in here. What's going on, Ken? What we up, got, Ken? We got our friend Kelly Cox in here as well. So, what a, see, I'm in KC. You're 
you're talking to Casey while you're in Casey. How about that? Those are our friends over at adfreeshows.com where Matt Hardy, you know, you're getting a bunch of bonus and exclusive items every single week. And the total package, we talked about it last week. Well, he's joined the stable over at adfreeshows.com. The debut episode of Lex Express with Lex Luger just dropped. As Lex opens up about his jump from WWF to WCW, his relationship with Sting and Ric Flair and the infamous Bruiser Brody cage match. Let's take a listen to some insight on I that. just had some minor surgery, and I got stitches, four or five stitches on my body. I, I used to wear a tank top I tore off when I went to the ring. So I'm going to leave the tank top on to cover those because I'm supposed to keep them covered for a few days. He nodded, like acknowledged that, but I told him, what's the first thing he did when we got in the ring? Uh, or my shirt off. Yes. Uh, wow, I, I wonder if he didn't understand or... I didn't know rest, the wrestling person. I green-lighted him. Okay, this young kid's telling me not to tear his shirt off. I'm going to tear his shirt off before, as soon as I get in there. So. You can catch the debut episode of Lex Express now, plus thousands of hours of other bonus series like Tuesday with the Taskmaster, with Kevin Sullivan, the Hacksaw Hour with Jim Duggan, Ask Conrad, the book with David Crockett, and more exclusively at adfreeshows.com. I know you're a big Lex guy, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah. I, I've actually... I, I do a lot of signings and, and Comic Cons with Lex now, and actually going to be doing New York Comic Con with him coming up this week and this weekend. Uh, I, I really enjoy spending time with Lex. He's a guy who has lived a, 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 a crazy life, lots of ups, lots of downs, lots of peaks, lots of valleys, and his appreciation to be alive every day is something that is very motivational to me. That's one of the first things I shared with him, and, and it's real cool too because I know he follows some of my stuff, and he. Has even said like, oh, I really want to compliment the way you kind of walk a fine line, like being the real you and the family guy, and then still being in character for wrestling. Like, you do a good job mixing that stuff up. But he he he's a great guy and just really motivational, considering all the stuff he's been through to where he's at in life now, and, and just the appreciation and love he has for life. I really like being around him. He's a very uplifting guy. Did you see his comments about Cody? I did. I did. Uh, and you. It, no lies detected. I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> be, You're not wrong. That is good. I don't, be I don't hate it. Michael Hayes would say that a lot. He wouldn't necessarily say, I like it. He'd say, I don't hate it. <laughs> it's going to be a running bit here, I think, for a little bit. Uh, I mean, look, if there's anyone who knows the importance of seizing the moment and missing a moment, it's Lex because I feel like Lex found himself in that position on multiple occasions in his career where you could have argued that you should have given him the ball to run with. And it just, for whatever reason, didn't happen. Um, right. I mean, 1994, right? He yeah. defeats Yoko via count out and they give him this gigantic, massive celebration, even though he didn't win the championship. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was wanting to see him win at that time too. I, uh, as you said too, also growing up, I was a big Lex fan, and uh, a lot of my promos it was very handsy, like I do this, you know, it is a compulsion, and this, and this, and this. and I still talk with my hands quite a bit, and I got that from Lex because I remember he would do it all the time, and he was one of the guys I emulated when I was speaking. It's going to happen. Yeah, two of Hand your talk. biggest influences, Lex and. Macho Man, both use their hands quite a bit when they talk. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, about yeah, it. For sure. <laughs> Macho Man, especially. So that does oh, yeah. track. That makes mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Oh boy, uh, what's 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 piquing your interest this week? Before we talk about this Tony Khan stuff, because I, I mean, we saw Adam Copeland make his Dynamite debut last week, and 
Christian Cage uh, gave him the good old GFY, the good for you. <laughs> what would what, you make of that turn of events there, Matt? Well, I was going to say, uh, first and foremost, it was uh, I got there to the building that day and uh, I went in, dropped my stuff off, said my hellos, exchanged pleasantries with everyone in the locker room and then went and sat down in catering. And then I was sitting there and I was eating, taking a few bites. And I hear from him, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was Adam, just up, straight up hug, and just great to see him. Sat down, talked 10, 15 minutes. He had to go do a couple things. He was busy, obviously, on that first day. But it's so funny. So Adam and Jay came to our house and spent the night, and they stayed at our dad's. You know, it was before Jeff and I were totally out. This is right when we first got on the road. We are first starting to do stuff, right? And uh, they died because our dad had lots of beagles. He didn't really hunt at that time. And he would take his dogs, and he would let them run rabbits and squirrels. And, uh, and the legend would just get his exercise. That's how he would do it. Walking through woods as the dogs are sniffing out stuff. We had tons of beagles. But his call to all our dogs was, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. And they would come back to him. So <laughs> the first time Adam and Jay came to our place, they met our dad. And he was sitting there and he said, oh, yeah, you got some dogs? Yeah, I got him. He says, yeah, 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 yeah. And all the beagles like run. There's like seven or eight all around us in a circle. And that is just a, a memory that they have never forgotten. Almost when we see each other, that's like one of our things that we do to one another. We go, yeah, 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 yeah. Just like we're calling each other. We're, we're calling each other. We're summoning the uh, original No Mercy 1999 ladder match cast by uh, wrangling <laughs> them up and calling them like dogs. I love that. I love that. So you see him at Dynamite. Uh, let's talk about the segment first, and then I want to ask you about something else related to it. But Edge, Adam Copeland, I'm going to take a little habit. Again, used to calling him Adam Copeland in TV context. But right. Adam, uh, he gives this great promo talking about what he wants to accomplish in AEW and why he wants to do it alongside Christian. Christian comes out, takes a second, gives him a hug, and then just hits him with a go fuck yourself and walks away. Um, unbelievable stuff. Christian truly is doing some of the best work of his career right now. But what do you think of that segment there? Uh, big fan of it. Obviously, big fan of both guys. Uh, I, I thought that was perfect. You know, they say in wrestling, sometimes less is more. And I think in Christian's case, less was more. Just saying those three words was all he needed to do, and it made it so much more impactful than him saying anything else. So I, I dug the segment very much. Are you surprised, or maybe you're not, that we're launching right into a Christian Cage feud with Adam Copeland out of the gates here? I mean, I, I think you have to address it. Right from the jump. I mean, I, I feel like if, you, if if Adam Copeland shows up and he's goes into a program with someone else, it's weird, you know, that he doesn't acknowledge his best friend and longtime yeah. tag team partner, Christian. I think you have to do it right from the jump. Right? Yeah. So you guys are all backstage and you told me this off screen a few yeah. days ago, but it seems like there was kind of a cool moment backstage with all four of you guys, wasn't there? Yeah. So they were the last segment on Dynamite. We kicked off Rampage, which, by the way, I want to. Thank everyone who tuned into Rampage this week. Uh, it was the second house rated show on AWR week. And uh, we take a lot of pride when we go out. It's very late. The crowd's usually tired. But, you know, Jeff and I and whoever our partners were, in this case, it was best friends, which they're two great guys. I love both those guys so much. And uh, we went out. We had a had a fun little match against the uh, the former Jericho Appreciation Society. And uh, this show ended up doing a pretty good number, especially Friday night at 10 p.m. So we were working with it. But they were the last match on Dynamite. We were the first match on Rampage. So we kind of, like, crossed paths all four of us and we were kind of sitting in a semi semicircle and uh, we were talking about everything and like what we're doing and this that and the other thing and their promo and then tony khan comes back and says hey was holy shit 
look at this, look at this. And you can just see in his head, he's like seeing everyone that was in that No Mercy ladder match in 1999. And he's like, let's fucking go, let's go. Uh, so that, that was a cool moment, you know, that we're sitting there and like, you know, all of it, we're just, I mean, we're all so close and we all have so much history, you know, and we're also like-minded. So that, that was a cool moment. I'd imagine there was probably more members of that audience that were there taking that in other than just Tony as people, the bypassers yeah. seeing history in front. And it is wrestling history. It's, it's a really cool thing to acknowledge that all four of you guys are in the same company once again and as we talked about on last week's episode at some point there's going to be some crossover it's going to happen it's yeah. just a matter of when and how under what circumstances but i feel pretty confident that we will see it on television and i think that's just so so cool yeah. at the end of the day that we will see all of that the new tag team champions in aw by the way look at that what do you think uh, about that big bill and ricky starks uh, i was very surprised when i when i first heard the news whenever I first saw it on Saturday. I uh, I was actually busy all that day, by the way. Uh, we'll, there'll be a ton, uh, a barrage of photos and videos coming out. But my wife and I, we renewed our vows because uh, this last week, it made uh, 10 years of marriage. We've, Congratulations. We've made Thank you. And uh, we actually had this big place rented out. And we were initially talking about doing uh, a big party, a big gathering, whatever to celebrate. But it was just my wife has so much going on. Obviously, I stay busy as I'm traveling all over the place all the time and, uh, and kids. <laughs> so we ended up not doing that. And we just like utilized the, the venue for, uh, photo shoots, which we took so many amazing pictures and she did tons of video, tons of content for her social media. I'm sure we'll be seeing that over the next few weeks and months. There was a, a ton of stuff though. It, it almost felt like we were shooting a cinematic match. I know I text you that, like I was exhausted by the end of the day. So this place is huge, right? And three stories, like I was going up and down these stairs all day long, carrying shit, moving stuff. It's like, holy fuck, I feel like I've done a cinematic match. Like I've been up all night filming, uh, but that was cool. Anyway, I didn't see Rampage. I just saw those results as we were heading home that night. I was like, huh. I went back and watched, and then it kind of became crystal clear what happened and, and kind of makes sense now. I know you're pretty high on Big Bill, given a lot of his recovery and some of the things he's gone through. Yeah. Uh, what do you think it says about him to be able to overcome some of the hurdles that he had to achieve something great like this? I mean, very, very happy for him. Obviously, we worked with him whenever we were doing the, the firm storyline and he did the deal where he came and he was in the firm deletion match. Right. But there was a time where the firm, they knew they were going to split those guys up and they were just like beating them every week. And they, they just kept putting them out and beating him and beating him and beating them. And I know he got very frustrated. And I said, dude, just I, I know it's frustrating. And there it's it's really easy to get into a groove and get frustrated. I said, but, you know, man, it's just like anything else. Just make the most out of whatever you have to work with. And he's been doing that. And he's had a great positive mental attitude and he really has he's made the most out of everything he's been given to work with and you can see it's finally starting to show off now it's great that he is in that slot and he's a good dude he's worked really hard i i, I liked him when i first met him my, my first introduction to him was when i met him and enzo when we came back at wrestlemania 33 right so i, I didn't know anything about him and then i i got to know him and i liked him the whole while but he did have some battles he was fighting at that time you know and he had some ups he had some downs and unfortunately, he's rebounded from all that. And he's in a great place in life. Uh, he's very happy with Lexi. She's great. I feel like she was like the official spokesperson for the uh, Matt Hardy, Ethan Page, Isaiah Cassidy uh, threesome. You know, while, while we were doing all that, she was always interviewing us backstage whenever we were just kind of doing our story on our own. So, you know, they're together. They're very happy. He's uh, in a very good spot now in AEW. And he's one half of the tag team champs. So it's very cool. And also, also happy for Ricky Starks. I like Ricky Starks a lot, too. Ricky Starks, if you can hear me. 
you're my Aryan dog. Doesn't mean the Hardys are afraid to come after them, though, I'd imagine, right? Oh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I mean, our our end goal, our end game is those uh, tag team titles. So we would definitely be coming for them. Mm, okay. Something to look forward to. I love Ricky Starks, man. I think Ricky Starks has all the potential in the world to be a, a big-time player in pro wrestling and someone who could be a difference maker. I think he is a great orator. He carries himself with a big presence. He's not the biggest guy, but I think his presence makes up for a lot of his maybe lacking in size and he emotes tremendously well. He's a great wrestler too. So I think he's someone who could be a difference maker. What are your thoughts on that? I, I like Ricky. I think Ricky, Ricky has a ton of potential and uh, <clears throat> it's, it's one of those things I like seeing him utilize in a, in a, in a nice spot like this highlighted as a tag team champion and getting that big win over over FTR. So uh, I, I dig it. And I think Ricky is going to be a very important building block for AEW going forward in the future. All right, Matt, we are talking about this NXT AEW world. We're talking about Tony Khan. It's going to be a great episode here. But before we can start our episodes, you know what I got to ask for? Please hit us with that Matt fact. Matt fact. Matt always has BBQ. When in Kansas City. Now you're speaking my language there. What are we getting in Kansas City? What kind of barbecue are we talking? I'll probably get, a, I'm going to shoot for a combination platter of pulled pork and beef brisket. Okay. Okay. I, you really are a big pulled pork. That's your Carolinian coming out in you. I know pulled pork is a way to your heart. Yeah, it does. It does. It, but, but also too, like, I'm not like, you know, in Carolina, I feel like they prefer the vinegar based. Pulled pork, so. That's not really, that's not really my deal. I like more of the standard, like Memphis style, the traditional with the, with the nice, deep, rich barbecue sauce. And uh, that, they have a lot of that here in Kansas city too. So that's what that's, I'm, that's, what that's I'm why I'm surprised you didn't say ribs. Ribs are such a Kansas city staple. There you go. I, I, I do. I like, I like ribs. It's just <laughs> sometimes when I'm getting down to it. So what, what I'll do tonight is we'll wrestle, uh, finish the thing. They, they might have it in the venue, but always in Kansas City, I'll like on my way back to the hotel, I'll like set up a Uber Eats or whatever else, and I'll try and get a combination plate. There's a couple cool barbecue places around here, right? And uh, and I'll have that, but ribs just I feel like almost like chicken wings. <laughs> it's 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 a bit of a job because you have to eat the meat all up the bone. I just want it to be easy. I just want to be able to scoop up the meat and eat and enjoy and relish in the uh beef brisket and pulled pork and sauce just it makes my soul happy okay you know i got thoughts on all this but that's for the uh john alba food experience podcast that we'll, we'll don't understand. get me wrong I, I dig some ribs and and when when i'm just chilling i, I don't mind eating ribs you know yeah. I, I traditionally i like just the meat straight up as opposed to eating like chicken wings or ribs or whatever and that's just a, that's part of the insanity very important very important question that i'm i'm giving our our pal jeremy lambert from fightful a free headline here matt hardy yep is let let me rephrase do boneless wings exist yes to me boneless wings do exist i'm i'm good with boneless wings and i'm good with bone-in wings uh, I, I know they obviously have to be manipulated to be boneless wings, but I'm good with both. I'm okay with it. Well, the, the argument would be that a boneless wing is not actually a wing, but rather a chicken nugget. I mean, it is, but I mean, the, the obviously the meat has to be scraped off there, then it's pushed together. Okay. All right. So we are definitively saying that boneless wings do exist. Yes, okay. I do believe that. 
Okay. Boneless wings exist. <laughs> and do you have a preference over one or the other? I, I'm 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 cool with either. Okay. I'm cool with either. Yeah, I, I don't really have a preference. Napkins or wet naps? Napkins, probably. There you go. That's 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 a man answer right there. Yeah, that is a man answer. Well, I, I do that too. Like, uh, I need to put out a mad fact about my immunity. I, so I say this too to my wife all the time, uh, and also with my kids. Just like Jeff and I, we grew up, we were raised by by, by wolves, right? You know, growing up in the forest and whatnot. Like, I I love being outside. I love being barefoot. I love getting dirty. And I feel like that has helped build up my immunity system <laughs> more than anything else. Just like by, you know, being out and doing all this very, in a very smart way, educating my immunity, uh, my immune system, how, how to be good and how to be strong. So I'm okay with that. Even like, I'm all right getting messy. And even like when you were talking about with a napkin, I'm cool with just like having a napkin and wiping stuff off and clean. And, and I like the feeling of, of getting messy when I'm eating wings or ribs or whatever. You know, this is also something else. I'll go back to Adam and Jay. So we would go out when we traveled together at the very beginning, right? 99. We're doing this. We're, we're traveling together, even 98, 98, 99. And Jeff and I, we're out and we're doing stuff. And like, say we get whatever kind of piece of meat we have or whatever. And there'd be times where Jeff and I, we're just sitting there and like, we grab it. We're eating or whatever. And like, say they're like taking a knife and cutting meat off the bone or whatever. And they go, holy shit, you guys are some finger eating, some finger eating guys. <laughs> and we, and we, I was like, guys, we were raised by wolves. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no one ever taught us manners. We didn't know anything about etiquette. Uh, but, but I still, I, I enjoy that. I, I do. I really do. If I'm eating ribs or I'm eating chicken wings, I like getting dirty and messy. Whenever my kids eat and they have something they really like and like there's shit all around their mouths and they're like happy. Yeah, that, that makes me happy because I'm all about it. Enjoying the experience. Yeah. You, you use the napkins in the moment. And then when you're done, you go to the bathroom, you wash your hands, you wash your face. You're good. Like that's, that's how you do it. And exactly. the, the whole wet naps thing. It's like, you're trying to do too much at once. Then you get the taste of like alcohol on your fingers and stuff. No, I agree. I'm not about that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, a not a big wet naps guy. Well, I like if, if they bring those out for ribs and stuff, I've never used them ever. Yeah. You, you use the, honestly, you want to get like real feral. You use like the paper towels they provide you, like not even that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just those brown paper towels at a barbecue joint that come on the spiral. You... Oh my God, bro. Mission barbecue, which uh, I don't know. Have you ever eaten it? There's a mission barbecue right by where I used to live in Orlando. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Mm -hmm. So mission barbecue, they have that in Fedville. When I was driving down, when the pandemic first started, when I was making the, the commute back and forth for AW. It was like my tradition. I would, I would always stop by the Mission Barbecue. I would always eat whatever. And usually they would hook me up and I would have ribs, whatever. But if I was getting my food to go to take with me on the road, they have those big rolls of those brown paper towels. I would just like unroll it and just take <laughs> off a whole bunch and just rip it off and throw it in the bag. And then I would be eating. And I'd be a finger eating bastard. You know what I mean? Eating ribs and shit. And I'd be a mess and wiping it off and trying to wipe my hands so I'm not getting it on my dry steering wheel. You know, oh, good times. Yeah. You get me talking about food. We'll we'll make this an entire food podcast over <laughs> by wrestling according to Albadon. I mean, I, I can't. We we, we got to grill out at some point. I got to have some some of your special sauces. But you know, you know my with, sauces, like, my magic. steaks, my meats. People want my meat, Matt Hardy. There you have. You don't even got to ask. I'll give you my meat without even asking. Okay. There you have. So I you just let me know. I'm grateful that you didn't invite people to your vow renewal because. Uh, I'm kind of wetting out right now, so I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm grateful for the little break. 
and maybe, maybe we'll do a, a 15 year or something like that. But man, listen, when you're eating all those wings, those ribs and everything, that's great. It's good to make yourself feel good. Like soul food. That's, that's, that's good for you mentally, but we got to be cognizant too. We got to stay in shape and there's no better way to stay in shape than with our friends over at FitBod. Because everyone knows that working out is full of positives, Matt Hardy. It's going to help you sleep better. You're going to look better. You're going to feel better. But keeping your momentum going and actually having positive progress can be hard, but not with FitBod. The app creates personalized workouts based on your goals, abilities, and gym setup while helping you track and visualize your progress along the way. I've been trying so hard here, Matt, as the weather is starting to turn to establish healthy fitness habits, which if I eat poorly, I know I got to work it off. And FitBot is helping me keep track of my workouts and giving me new goals to push forward towards. How is FitBot helping you out? Uh, I mean, it's just been amazing because I put all my statistics in, my age, my weight, my goals, and it hooks you up with a very personalized training method. And the circuit training I've been doing through FitBot has been paying off. And I can tell, I can tell a huge difference. And it's great. And it's just what I need to do because right now I'm not necessarily looking to be bigger and add bulk. I mean, I'm Matt Hardy. I'm 49 years old and I want to be uh, healthy and athletic. And FitBot hooked me up with a perfect workout and the circuit training is starting to pay off. I can tell. FitBot's powerful technology understands your strength training ability. It studies your past workouts and adapts to all of your available gym equipment, which is helpful for you because when you're on the road and you're at all these different hotels, all these different hotel gyms are different, aren't they? Yes, they are. And 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 with FitBot, you can just put in what you have to work with and it will put you up uh, put you out a perfect program. It keeps your gym sessions fresh and fun by mixing up your workouts with new exercises, rep schemes, supersets, and circuits. You can keep track of your achievements and personal bests with FitBod's all-new progress tracking charts. Learn new movements the right way with more than 1,000 exercise demonstration videos. It's never been easier to get the results you've always wanted. Check out FitBod now. Get 25% off your subscription. That's a quarter off of your subscription at fitbod.me forward slash hardy that's f-i-t-b-o-d dot m-e slash hardy randy jur longtime listener of the extreme life of matt hardy he sent us a zeet uh, a few weeks ago when we were talking about fitbod and he said man this is the perfect way to make sure that i'm keeping myself accountable and now i'm teaming up with my favorite podcast to help me do it we want to help you fitbod.me forward slash hardy <sighs> okay, Matt, let's get into our topic at hand here. We've got this NXT AEW war. We got Tony Khan's birthday, and we know those two things have quite a bit of synergy together. So let's begin by talking about Tony Khan. Turns 41 years old as we tape this today. Of course, he's the son of a very, very successful Pakistani American, Shad Khan, uh, and his mother, Ann Carlson. Uh, he is born October 10th, 1982. Shad, of course, became a billionaire in the automotive industry. And Tony eventually pursues a career uh, kind of under his mentorship. Uh, he gets a degree from the University Laboratory High School in 2001 and eventually the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign with a bachelor's of science degree in finance. He's a smart business guy right out of the gates. And in 2012, when Shad Khan purchases the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tony joins the team and currently serves as the senior president of football and analytics. Let's talk about Tony's 
mind for numbers. He's an extremely analytical guy. I've gotten to know that from afar. Yeah. You see it much more up close and in person. Help break that down for us here. Very much so. Um, to Tony, the numbers are the proof in the pudding. You know, he looks at like numbers minute to minute, uh, what he feels like people are tuning in to see, how they retain an audience. He, he's very specific when it looks at numbers. When he looks at numbers, he's very specific in everything he does. And that's like how his mind is programmed. And also, I want to shout out his memory is wild. Uh, he's talked about all the house shows he'd seen myself and Jeff at in Champaign or me as a singles in Champaign, Illinois. And there's times where he's reminded me of matches and he's even said the date of matches I've forgotten about and don't even remember, which is insane and crazy. Um, he has like a photographic memory and he really books things and he does the majority of his work and kind of stylizes the programming around who he thinks is going to do the best numbers and specifically who is going to retain attention. So it's almost like an analytical approach to writing a television show. Would that be an accurate assessment? Uh, that seems pretty fair, yeah. That's a pretty unique and different way to approach storytelling <clears throat> and structuring a show. From your experiences in WWE prior, I know you're not super privy to the physical production of the show itself, but you've been around the industry long enough to have been observational to some of that. Did you ever notice or acknowledge anyone taking note to numbers and having that affect how maybe a segment is put together or a show is structured or stories written? I mean, I think as, as television rights grew and as people were making more and more money off TV, it became very important to uh, do good numbers because that's ultimately how you get sponsors. That's why people are paying big money to have commercials and whatnot. And that's why the network is going to pay you big money if you are drawing ratings. And that's very important. But also, I, I also think it's important to like have a system of putting someone on your show and building a story around their character and like training the audience to like them and want to tune in for them. I think that's very important also. And I, I've seen that happen a lot in, in WWE, you know, so it, it's a, there's, there's a couple ways of looking at it. I think, I think you can't say, okay, this guy gets a number and blah, 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 blah. You know, you stick him on, do that. Or you can't say like, this is someone I know has great potential because he goes out in the arena, people react to him. He evokes emotion from people. They, they're, they're connected to this guy. Let's try and build him into someone who is going to be a draw on television, who, who they'll want to see. And sometimes you kind of have to like, you know, take a few weeks and work on someone to turn them into that draw. They just don't start that way, I guess, if that, if that makes sense. I feel like we've seen examples of that too especially in AEW's early going for example i mean i feel like we always lean on him as an example but he is a great example and that is orange cassidy the orange taker yeah. where orange cassidy when AEW launches he's kind of this niche character that is really mm -hmm. only familiar to a sector of your indie audience that's watching 100 and through introduction on tv and consistent appearances and more subtle development of his character all of a sudden he becomes someone that the audience really starts to care about and now whenever orange cassidy is on tv he's one of the higher draws on any given episode of television that he appears on i mean yeah i mean you you have to give tony khan great credit for orange cassidy mjf darby allen jungle boy 
and even Sammy. I mean, he, he they're young guys that are going to be around for a while, and Tony has worked really hard to elevate them on the card, and he's had a lot of great veterans that were very happy to get in the ring and, and work with those guys and elevate them. But based on what you said before, it sounds to me like there's part of you that is partial to the more traditional element of vignettes and character-driven segments to introduce a performer to an audience. Uh, can you provide more insight as that? Does, is AEW not doing enough of that? Like, where, where do you stand on that? I, I mean, per personally, I mean, that that's my take. You know, once again, uh, I don't own the company. I'm not paying the bills. So at, at the end, it's just my opinion when it's all said and done. But yeah, I mean, I, I think if you look back at the stuff MJF and Adam Cole did extremely entertaining vignettes, uh, an interesting relationship, and, and it left you wanting to tune in because you're not sure where it's going to go next. I think that's the perfect synergy for taking a couple characters, and, and both of them were tremendous in their roles, right? Uh, and letting something play out where the story is what sucks the people in. And then when you have a great match on top of that, then that's the uh, that's the icing on the cake. Well, we love to let it play out here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. If you're watching us on YouTube, you see right there we got that little QR code that if you scan the QR code, it's going to take you right to the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy shop. You can get your Let It Play Out t-shirt. You can get the Matt Fact, Matt Fiction shirt, the Extreme Life logo, the 5 Cinco, 5 Cinco, 5 Star Review shirt, and so much more. Go ahead and scan that right now. And if you're not watching on YouTube, you totally should, because I feel like the YouTube videos add a little extra context to what Matt talks about, too. And if nothing, you get a good chuckle out of some of our physical interaction here on the extreme life of Matt Hardy. So Tony has this very analytical approach <clears throat> to storytelling. What I've always found so fascinating about Tony is he has said how in his head, he has been writing AEW Dynamite since he was 12 years old, that this is the show that he's always wanted to put on. He's had ideas for character arcs and structures since he was little. And that is reflective of how much he genuinely loves professional wrestling. Oh my God. Let's take a dive into that. What do you know about Tony's pro wrestling fandom and how is that reflected in how he comes to work every single week? I mean, he, he is a massive, massive pro wrestling fan. And it shows. Uh, one of the great things about interacting with him and just having him serve as your boss is that he is so passionate about pro wrestling. And and it's very motivating in many ways. Uh, and And it's great to have someone that is your boss that knows all the history uh, inside and outside. Uh, and he's just so passionate about what he does. And I really think his passion pours over into the product. And I feel like it's a very important part of AEW's charm is just his passion. And uh, we, we, we can't not mention his promotion for title Tuesday. In case you guys haven't heard it is title Tuesday. Uh, and this is going to be coming out on Friday. I'm sure uh, myself and Jeff will probably be on Rampage. That's our home base kind of right now. But like uh, Tony Khan just writing his entertaining tweets, so passionate, so motivated to uh, to go into this Tuesday night and put on a hell of a show, make AEW Dynamite great. We've got a, a buy-in. Eddie Kingston's going to be on it. it. It's crazy, man. Um, but his passion is something that, really, really fuels AW, I think, in many ways. And I, I think he loves wrestling so much and he wants his company to be so good. He's not afraid to pull out all the stops and like put on a big show when he feels like he has to. And I feel like even for Title Tuesday, he feels like, okay, well, 
NXT, they're loading up the show. They're putting all these these names, John Cena. They're promoting Undertaker, playing his music, wh whatever they're doing. And uh, he's like, no, well, I'm going to counter. I'm going to counter. They're not going to they're not going to do that to AEW just because we're forced to be on Tuesday night, right? And and I think his passion is, is very much like a, uh, a a call, like rally the troops. You know, let's go. You know, as he says all the time, let's go. You know, it, th there's really life to that because he's a passionate wrestling fan and and he leads by example. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. I'm going to ask this because this is a constant part of wrestling fan discourse. Not discourse that I engage in, but uh, I see all the time, and I'm sure you see it all the time because you are very much aware of conversation. Uh -huh. Is there such thing as being too passionate about promoting your product or too over the top? in trying to get people to care about your show? I don't think there's such a thing as being too passionate about your show. Um, and even when you talk about his methods of promotion, I just think for people, it's like, you know, different strokes for different folks. You know, he's a younger guy. This is what Tony had kind of, Tony grew into the world of social media, you know, in his wrestling fandom. And I think that's just kind of what he knows. And he knows that is a platform. He can put his opinion. He can put his, uh, promotions out and people are going to see it because he has a he has a large following and he's also such a a figure in pro wrestling that has a ton of notoriety so people are going to report on it and it is going to make headlines and that's what he's been doing the last couple of days making headlines but at the end of the day the internet audience which he really depends on a lot for AEW uh, they are going to read those headlines and and there's a good chance they're going to tune in just because it's being talked about so much and the wrestling websites are going to be picking up all these, you know, while Buck Wild and Tony Khan tweets. Why do you think he cares so much about that stuff? I, I mean, it's just he, he's passionate about pro wrestling. And, and I think he knows he can directly reach people, people who are like him. I think his mentality is of a diehard fan. And I feel like he interacts with diehard fans and he feels like he's able to reach diehard fans. And I think that might. I think he feels like it buys him equity with those people, especially if he's not afraid to back down from, from WDB and the system and Alexandria. That's the conversation that I want to have because 
he very much gives off this aura that he is one of the fans, right? He comes out after every show and before every show and talks to the fans and gets them hyped. And he's so excited about these dream matches. Mm -hmm. His promotion exudes how excited he is about the content that he's producing. And I think especially in the beginning parts of AEW, one of the biggest appeals was it felt like this was a wrestling promotion for the fans by a fan. Can that medium exist where you are a fan running this promotion while also being a multi-billionaire boss who's in charge of trying to lead a business forward? I'm really curious what your perspective is on that. I, I mean, it obviously can exist because it does. Um, uh, I mean, it, it, it's he has never hid his fandom. Uh, he, he's very open about it. And, and I think that's something that is very different. I, I think it's very attractive to the more diehard wrestling fans that he is so passionate about pro wrestling. And and I, I think there is, as you said, there are some people who uh, are longtime diehard fans who just have followed wrestling for their entire life. And they're like, oh, my God, this guy, uh, I, I vibe with him because he really appreciates pro wrestling more than ever. He's not just a boss. And and one thing I can say about him is just his his the way he treats his wrestlers and his employees, you know, not like cogs in the machine, as sometimes is that reference is made for WWE. He very much treats them as humans who have a personal life and he wants them to have time at home. And he's very understanding of giving people time off or, or taking care of his talent and, and making things easier for his talent, you know, where it's not just like business, 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 business. It, it, for Tony, it's never just like it's just business. I mean, he doesn't want to release anyone. He'll let their deal run all the way out. You know, he hasn't fired anyone unless they've done something bad and they've had to be disciplined or whatever. Um, but he, he's just a good human being when it comes to that. I mean, once again, we went to the, the Bray Wyatt funeral, you know, tons of WWE guys. That he sent a private plane to pick up everyone so we could actually go and say goodbye to our friend and then still make it to TV that day, you know, which kind of shows the quality of human being he is. And a lot of us got to spend a lot of time with him. You know, those were really special days back during the pandemic because we would like bust our ass doing the shows in front of no fans. And it's just like pro wrestling is not pro wrestling without fans, but we were going out and we were, you know, managing to produce content that would be on TV. But then like when we'd be finished, we'd come back to the hotel and Tony would make sure to have food. There would be steaks, there would be salmon, there would be burgers, there'd be chicken salmon. I mean, he had a huge spread for all the talent. We'd sit down, we'd eat, we'd hang out. We'd, the, the brother, the, the, the brotherhood and like the brethren was very strong then, very, very strong. And like a lot of times there'd be guys sitting at a table and we're sitting with Tony and just kind of like, you know, talking shop, you know, and talking about life, all kinds of things. So it was really a very tight knit group and community at that time. And that's something that you would never catch Vince in, you know, back, back when Vince first started, I know he would hang out with the talent some, but just being able to actually speak to Tony on those levels and kind of get to know him where Vince keeps the wall up, right? He doesn't want people to know him. He wants, he wants to, he, he, he wanted to make it hard to get to him. And I, I don't know how Hunter is now, you know, if Hunter is pulling the strings, I, I, I know that's obviously what's been going on now that he's doing more of the creative and stuff like that. I don't know if, if Hunter is putting on that same, type of personality. I don't really, I want to put a wall between me and other people. You kind of have to see me via appointment. 
Tony was just very open, and he'll be out roaming around TV. You can catch him. You can talk to him. You can pitch ideas to him, this, that, and the other thing. So I, I really do appreciate how open he is with talent. And it's a different system. And is that going to work in the long run? I guess we're kind of a, a living, breathing experiment right now. That's what AAW is. When did you have your first interaction with Tony? When my deal uh, expired, I talked to him directly after that. Uh, you know, he's he's a big uh, stickler, you know, for not contract tampering, this, that, and the other thing. That was my first interaction with him. And it was a great conversation. And just some of the things he even said on the phone, he, he was very welcoming. Uh, he was very open. He was very excited. And you could just hear the passion pouring over the phone as you were speaking to him. And just the way he knew my history. And he, you know, complimented a lot of the stuff I did with Randy right at the very end. And we were kind of going back and forth about what I could do and, you know, how things could work out and this and anything. But I, I loved it. I mean, I, I really vibed with him from the very first time I spoke to him on the phone. How immediate are we talking here upon the conclusion of your contract? Uh, the next day. The next day. Yeah. And he called you? Yeah. I mean, what I actually, actually, I reached out to him. I'd got his number from the Bucks. I had contacted him and then he'd call me right back. So you figured there was going to be interest there and, and he shared that mutual interest in bringing you in yeah okay um he seemed open to bringing you in as a pretty significant piece i mean you debuted with the broken mac character as part of the whole stadium stampede build it was it was a significant moment and as we know we've covered this on the podcast too in our stadium stampede episode a weird period of time there at the pandemic and broken mac coming in with no crowd it was it was wild, but were there ever any other ideas other than how you debuted discussed between you and Tony? Uh, yeah, there, there was also an idea where I, I, uh, <clears throat> I could have also taken Brody Lee's spot. Uh, th those, those were the couple ideas. Do I want to come in and just be Matt Hardy and what version of me I wanted to come in or do I want to be, you know, in the role Brody was? And I, and I thought Brody would be perfect for that. So I, I think uh, Brody would be much better for that. And I, and I thought for me, as far as being a heel on TV, because I'd been pretty hot leaving WWE at that time, it would have been better for me to come in as a babyface as opposed to a heel. Yeah. So you could have been the exalted one. Yes. Gotcha. And so was that a collaborative decision made between you guys? I, I think so. You know, yeah. I, those, those were kind of the, the, the couple. I think the decision making that we were all working on, do I come in as, you know, the exalted one Brody's role? Or do you all come in? It's just Matt Hardy or a broken Matt or whatever version of Matt Hardy. And I, I just felt it would be better for me to come in as a, a babyface. And I, I figured Brody would be much better served being a heel and he would actually work better as a heel. And I'm so glad they did what he did. That that role was perfect for him, tailor made for him. Yeah. I mean, you were in a good spot coming out of WWE with the Randy thing. You were healthy you were in good shape yeah you were ready to go and one of the reasons for that matt hardy is because you were taking and drinking your ag1s something you do every single morning it's the number one most important thing that you make sure you make part of your daily routine as a matter of fact it's a daily foundational nutritional supplement supporting whole body health <laughs> that you are drinking every single morning why are you drinking ag1 when you wake up matt hardy uh, i mean it keeps me young ag1s Drinking my AG1 is what keeps that fountain of youth happening over and over again. It allows me to get into the ring. It allows me to feel good. It allows me to look good. And uh, it, it truly is my daily ritual. It is the first thing I do every single day. What's the first thing you noticed about your body changing once you started drinking AG1? 
I, I just noticed that it it improved my gut health. Mm. Uh, it helped me move food through my system uh, more quick, more quickly. And uh, I just really appreciated all the benefits that it allowed me to have as far as trimming down and losing weight and staying tighter and more athletic and more lean. AG1 is a great bang for your buck, replacing a ton of other supplements like daily multivitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics for your gut health, as Matt said, adaptogens and a greens blend. It's literally all in one scoop of powder, helping you save time, making your life so much easier with that one scoop every single morning. We're talking 75 high quality vitamins, probiotics and whole food sourced ingredients. I can't think of any other daily routine that's going to pay off for you as well as AG1 does every single morning. So we want to help you out here over at the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1. And how many free AG1 travel packs are you getting, Matt Hardy? Five, cinco, five, cinco, five free travel packs. Put it in your routine. I promise you, it will make you better. Put it in your routine, guys. You're also going to get a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash Hardy. That's drinkag1.com forward slash Hardy. Check it out. And I also want to do this just because we're doing Matt Facts with that, you know, the, the new font you've been doing. Matt Facts. Matt is a creature. Well, he didn't. I guess you didn't swallow all your AG ones this morning. <laughs> I guess I didn't. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. I, was, uh, I had something I was going to do. Your clarity and your focus has left you. Mm. All right. <laughs> it. We'll use that for later. <laughs> the extreme life of Matt Hardy bloopers. I love, it. <laughs> I love it. How collaborative do you find Tony Khan to be in the creative process? I mean, he, he is very collaborative. And if he has an idea going on, you don't just show up to TV and do the idea. He will definitely budge you on it ahead of time. And he said, are you cool with this? And I, and I, I do dig that. I, I, I dig that someone checks in with you and they, they just want to see if you have any input, uh, you have any suggestions, you have any ideas that you think could, you know, make things better. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very big on that. Let me ask you this. then: If there's a disagreement on creative process or presentation or whatever it may be, how is that settled? What is that process like? Because you know, in, in WWE, you, know, you you hear the stories all the time. If someone was fighting for something, they'd go through a writer. The writer would try to make a case for somebody. You know that firsthand with Freddie Prince. Like we talked about that in right. the past. You know, you, you try to have someone advocate you, Michael Hayes, perhaps in your case. And it was like, well, what did Caesar say? Did Vince approve of it? Did he not? When you see those types of situations pop up in AEW, what is that process like? Well, I am one that if I'm offered an idea, I typically uh, try and make the most of it and I try and do everything I can to, to make it as good as possible. There are guys who have had I ideas given to them by Tony that they didn't necessarily like and they just they didn't do them because I guess they didn't want to. And there's been times where guys have been home and, you know, like if you hadn't seen someone in a while, say, oh, well, you know, creative differences, whatever. So I, I guess they'll kind of hang out and be off TV until they figure out something that, that they really like. I've never been in like a heated argument with anyone about a creative idea that I didn't 
like that much. I mean, I, I've been given some crazy creative ideas. That I've just kind of like shook my head at, and maybe there's stuff I didn't want to do. And, you know, we've talked about some of those, that whole idea that was given uh, to have me team with Mark Henry and Mattitude was oppressed and whatnot, you know, so that, that's a pretty crazy creative and you just go, mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of roll with the punches and I, I feel like that's probably helped me with my longevity and just being around for a while, whatever. But I, I guess it, Tony pitches an idea that you don't like and you don't want to do, you don't end up doing it. He doesn't force people into doing stuff. That's interesting though, because you just said, instead some people sit on the sidelines and not do anything. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I guess to, to each their own. I mean, but I, I'm here. If I'm here, I, I want to make money. I, I want to be on TV while I'm doing this. I know my time is limited as it is. So I'm going to go out and like make the most out of every opportunity I get. I guess the reason I ask that, and, and I, this is me making an editorial note. I've known Tony Khan now <laughs> for five years, mm -hmm. going on six, because I covered the Jaguars even before right. AEW existed. Uh, and and I say this so wholeheartedly, and I know the the losers out there will say, "Oh, look, look at this mark, all this stuff." I, I find Tony Khan to be a, a very genuine person. Is can he be a lot to handle sometimes? Certainly so. We we are seeing it this week on social media, right? Um, but I find him to be a very genuine, good human being, and I have many examples to fall back on personally, as far as that's concerned. And then you see the examples that are expressed by other wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Does he have that good naturedness and vulnerability perhaps taken advantage of at times by talent or people in the industry? Yes. I mean, I, I think it has happened in the past for sure. Uh, but, you know, I, I think once you go through those experiences, you learn from them. And I think Tony has done that. I mean, he's, he's learning on the fly. This whole thing is like, it's a huge, huge responsibility to be a wrestling promoter, booker, run a company, especially with all the other stuff he has going on. So yeah, he's he's learning on the job while he's doing it. And I'm, I'm sure there's been people that have taken advantage of his kindness, uh, but he, he, he will continue to to learn and grow and he will he will be able to get past that, I'm sure going forward. And right there is, in my opinion, the most interesting, part of all of this is he's learning on the job while being this top figurehead promoter booker whatever you want to call him with no prior wrestling experience and it it begs the question matt on one hand you can say oh well wrestling should have more people that are lifers booking because they understand like if you saw and i don't know if you did you probably didn't but Netflix had that wrestlers show that Al Snow was a big part of. Al Snow is a wrestling life, right? And he's very old school with his style of booking. Jeff Jarrett, I'm just giving an example here. Jeff Jarrett has been around wrestling for 50 years of his life. And he has this track record of, hey, here was Memphis booking. Here was Tennessee booking. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to do in TNA and Impact. Tony comes in as someone with no wrestling experience and elevates a uh, company to the number two position in the world does that change our perception of how pro wrestling can be booked and who can book professional wrestling i'm curious what your perspective is on that uh i mean i i think he's kind of actively changing it you know i mean once again there's not going to be a lot of people uh 
with Tony's passion and his love for pro wrestling, they're going to have the resources to start an all elite wrestling or an AEW. So he's very gifted and blessed, you know, to have the opportunity to be able to do that and, 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 and be a billionaire. Uh, so yeah, it, it is actively changing. I mean, I guess you've got to be in the right place at the right time and you have to have the right resources to start a company. But I mean, he, he is, he's really like one of a kind and what he is doing right now is revolutionary in pro wrestling. Even him being in the position he is and booking the way he does, it is different, but it is revolutionary. And, and most importantly, it is good for the pro wrestlers in the industry It is great for the production people in the industry. Uh, all the employees that, that work in pro wrestling in some capacity and, and also the fans, because I mean, he pushes NXT or WWE to do better stuff. And that pushes him to do better stuff. And at the end of the day, all the wrestling fans win. I think it's fascinating because it pushes the boundaries of who can and who can't work in pro wrestling. Like I'll give you the example, Will Washington, right? Will is someone who's this podcaster of 15 plus years, has very successful following wrestling, very much right. like Tony has that photographic memory when it comes to wrestling, could rattle off specific yep. house show dates from 15, 16, 17 years ago. And it's wild what his recall is. He's not someone who would have any shot of getting hired by WWE in some sort of creative role, right? It wouldn't happen because that's just how it is. Yeah. Here he's given an opportunity to help out with creative and flesh out storytelling. It's a new mind yeah. that would traditionally not be in a position like that. Is well, that healthy for the industry? Is that maybe a step back in giving people who shouldn't have a voice a voice? I'm genuinely curious what your thought on that is. I mean, uh, it's kind of our perspective. And once again, this is a an experiment in progress. And I can say this, Vince, when we get into the social media area, uh, social media, uh, social media era, Vince McMahon hated, despised, loathed, detested the internet. And then Tony is just the opposite. I mean, he loves the internet. He loves social media. Will Washington is one of those guys. So it's just like, it's it's definitely an experiment. Once again, we're kind of like weighing out what works in 2023 and what will work going forward in 2024. So it, it, it's really interesting. And it's interesting how they're from different generations and they view the world, they view media differently. Because I remember there'd be times where the internet would like go apeshit over something Vince booked or did, whatever. And when he saw this outraged people, he, it would make him want to do it even harder, make him want to do it even more. You know, where Tony listens to these people a lot, you know, and he's very open and, and, and willing to listen to what people say online. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes that's bad. You know, I think it's also very important to listen to the people that have bought tickets and are paying in the arena. I think that's the most, uh, most uh, important. Paramount. Paramount, that's the most paramount barometer. Uh, of of what is working and what isn't. I think that'll but, all be the most important. Let parameter. me allow you to be too. Uh, let me allow you to be a little critical here, constructively critical, if you choose to be. Does he almost listen to that too much sometimes? It's possible. It's possible. But once again, uh, at the end of the day, this is his company, and he is flipping the bill. And that's, sure. that's all that matters. I mean, sure. because if, 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 if I'm running a wrestling company and there's a certain way I have in my mind that I want to do it and I'm flipping the bill, then I'm definitely going to do it. You know, so, yeah, I, I, you can't hate on them on that. But it, it is very important to 
make sure to gravitate towards your paying customers that Absolutely. you 100% know are buying tickets to be in the arena that you 100% know are buying the pay-per-views, which, you know, a lot of people online probably are, you know, but, but those are the people you have to make sure to gravitate towards. And those are the people you really need to appease at the end of the day. Well, if you're looking to buy tickets, Matt Hardy, I know that you can do so with our friends over at Game Time because Game Time wants to make sure that even if you wait until the very last second to purchase tickets to AEW Dynamite, Collision, Rampage, Pay-Per-View, or whatever you choose to attend, you'll be able to do so without any hassles or any worries. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets matt hardy you and i we are perpetual procrastinators we wait until the last second to get shit done and that's okay with game time because they're making sure that we can wait until the very last minute to do so how convenient is that for you in your busy extreme life uh it is very convenient by the way uh my middle my my, my middle children wolfie and uh and barty both still big Paw Patrol fans, actually used Game Time to get some tickets to the live Paw Patrol event. So we're very excited about doing that. Thank you, Game Time. I love to hear that. And we want to help you out too because Game Time is offering something called a flash deal right now. And the flash deals are sponsored deals with tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and more. And with zone deals, you're going to pick the section, and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the Game Time guarantee means you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section, row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download the Game Time app right now. You can take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time, create an account, and use code Hardy for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code Hardy. That's H A R D Y for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So that brings us to as we record this today, this massive NXT versus AEW war, because <laughs> this has become a war. We we dealt with 70-plus weeks of this head-to-head on Wednesdays. NXT moves to Tuesdays. Now, Dynamite has to run on Tuesdays because of preemptions. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I mean, everything is being thrown at the wall for these two shows. We've got Carmelo Hayes versus Braun Breaker with John Cena in Carmelo Hayes' corner and Paul Heyman and Braun Breakers. Rumors of The Undertaker showing up on NXT. We got Oscar wrestling on NXT. On AEW, we got Adam Copeland's debut match. We got Minoru Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston in a buy-in pre-show match that is going to be online. I mean, this is chaos. Um, what are your reactions to getting this? Is it counter-programming? I mean, give me some Matt Hardy knowledge here on what the hell we're seeing as we record this podcast on Tuesday. Um, I'm just going to predict who's going to win tonight. Okay. The pro wrestling fans. There you go. I mean, that's my strongest prediction. I mean, once again, it just it's it makes pro wrestling exciting. I mean, I feel like you know you've got NXT loading up the show. Uh, you know, Tony was doing Adam Copeland's debut match here, and then he starts adding everything else. They put on a buy-in and and they load up the show from top to bottom, and now they're really clashing, going head to head. And the most important thing about all this is that it is generating interest for pro wrestling. 
which is a very, very good and positive thing. Uh, what will be the final numbers when it's all said and done? I, I, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to go. I know you and Bischoff have some bets, right? Yeah, we do. Bischoff says AEW is not pulling 500000 So uh, if they don't, he has to buy me. If, if they don't pull 500000 I have to buy him dinner. If they exceed it, then he's buying me dinner. Oh, you, he, you 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 got a dinner coming, dude. And he's already telling me that he wants <laughs> his expensive, like essentially Wagyu tuna, the Toro. Like he's 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 a big sushi guy, big big sushi right. guy. And we're not talking California rolls or anything like that. We're talking expensive. You eat it with your pinky out kind of stuff. Yeah. So you you feel you feel good about this because this is putting you on the record now. That. The, AEW is going to draw over 500,000. You, you think you feel confident in that? 100%. Okay. All right. I mean it, it's it's going to be it's going to be a lot more competitive than than people think, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I was curious. I want to get to some comments too from the Ad-Free Shows faithful. Ken saying Tony has made the wrestling world a better place. 100%. We got coach Rosie saying, "Hey guys," says he's looking forward and uh he also says easy win, John. So we're hoping that that is the case. Yeah. For right. me, I mean, the one thing that does work against AEW is they're running on their non-traditional night, you know, that, yeah. that does work. And wrestling fans are creatures of habits at the end of the day. And indeed, you, you know to expect Dynamite every single Wednesday. So having it on Tuesday is a little different. Uh, let me ask this critically. And th- the correct by the books answer is no, it's fine because this is what business is dictating. But it's something that Eric has been critical of in the past with Tony Khan and AEW specifically, and that is he feels that AEW has expanded too quickly. You've added two additional shows to Dynamite in the first five years here. We're adding more pay-per-views while attendance has kind of become stagnant or even decreased. Is there such thing as growing too fast? We know AEW has a massive roster. I'm curious what your thoughts are in, in that regard into how Tony has handled that. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, possibly. I mean, one thing that I can say is a huge positive about all this growth. Uh, it allowed AEW as a company and, and as an industry and as a business to to make so much more money by producing more content, especially having a live Wednesday Fair and so. a live Saturday show. So, I mean, that that is definitely beneficial for the company. Uh, is it hard to keep up with all that? I, I mean, I, I would guess, you know, between injuries and just bookings changing every now and then it, it is it is tricky that's a lot of shows that's a lot of content to do very early on like you said within five years so uh it did grow very fast you know but uh at least it is reaping the the benefits of yeah. you know, being a much more successful and, and monetarily growing company yeah and again you know this aw is a private company so we don't know the exact numbers on it but i do think the proof is somewhat in the pudding with the media rights deals that they're obtaining and i assume that we're going to get some news pretty soon over the future of AEW content and if it ends up on a streaming service or the distribution what that looks like i think we will be hearing about that by the end of the year if not even sooner than that and as we know tony has ring of honor as a property underneath it i i guess as we begin to wrap up this edition of the extreme life of matt hardy where do you think Tony Khan's legacy will lay in the wrestling space? If, if Tony Khan retired today, 
what would his legacy be? Um, well, he is not retiring anytime soon. I know he's not. <laughs> you can uh, be I assured don't think he's that. taking a nap anytime soon. Right. It, it would be huge. It would be massive. I mean, because like there's been such a gap since WCW was around and AEW has been the closest thing to it. I mean, I feel like there's no disputing that. I mean, do you agree with that, John? Yeah, 100%. I mean, since, since WCW. So I, I think it's, once again, improved pro wrestling. It's helped improve the quality of WWE. It's improved the working conditions and pay for the wrestlers and employees of wrestling companies. So, I mean, that, that's it. That's a huge deal. The fact that he took this you know, leap of faith and started a pro wrestling company because it's something he's been envisioning in his mind since he was 12 years old is, is a, is a very ballsy thing to do. And he will go down in history as someone who helped make pro wrestling better and also helped uh, create a space where many, many people could be employed and make livings for the family. So he will go down uh, with very kind things said about him. I think. What's one thing that people don't know about Tony Khan that they should know. I, I just, I think Tony Khan is such a passionate, genuine human being. I feel like when, when if you would meet him or, or when you meet him, I feel like people think he's going to be very much like on guard or careful about what he says or does, but he is very real and very genuine. And I, I feel like whenever you interact with him, you can feel how authentic it is. You know, he, he, he's not protected. There is no wall in front of him. You are very much interacting with a genuine human being. And I think there's a lot of guys in, in big positions of power who you don't get that genuine experience from. Tony, you do. More than fair. Coach Rosie, by the way, says Matt Hardy is a silent owner in <laughs> AEW. So. What's, up, what's up, Coach Rosie? Maybe. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Maybe. Maybe you are the consortium, as Ric Flair once was for the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> you bet on a winner, and the winner was House Hardy. Uh, good there. stuff there on Tony. I, I really do have a great deal of appreciation and respect for Tony. You know, he, he definitely is not afraid to shy away from expressing his opinion and pride in his product. But I think it's refreshing to see someone that high up in the power scale and the social structure being so unabashedly proud to be a wrestling fan. Yeah. Like Colin Coward, famous radio host for so many years called wrestling fans, the booger eaters. And <laughs> I think it's kind of cool that there's a multi-billionaire who also is a booger eater among us. And that's a fun, a fun thing for fans to have, you know, and, and I think the tribalism that is expressed by fans is just so silly, regardless of which side you support over the other. If you support a side over the other, we're in a very unique time in wrestling right now where there are more than one viable options for getting entertaining professional wrestling. And that is good for everyone. And Tony Khan He's a big part of that. So people can say whatever they want to say, Matt, about, oh, this whole episode was just sucking up to Tony or whatever it is. But I I think that's a reality of it, regardless of whether you agree or disagree with booking decisions or who is a champion and who right. isn't, you know. What what would you tweet, uh, I don't know, last night or today? Don't interact with the weirdos. Something. I, said, I said this morning, don't engage the weirdos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, 
you're not wrong. <laughs> I don't yeah, hate it. Uh, the mad fact is that Matt doesn't engage the weirdos because if you engage the weirdos, you know that they're going to come back at you saying wrong, bad. And we don't want any of that. Bad. Daddy Corny say bad. <laughs> Ken says Tony came across as super genuine at StarCast for sure. So He is. He's the most cool. genuine, authentic human being you'll meet. And Rosie says congrats. Happy Val Renewal, Matt. So, Thank you. you Thank go. you, Matt. Um, Good stuff there. Happy birthday to Tony Khan. Uh, he yeah. also is not as old as Hurricane Helms, so that's good <laughs> for him. Uh, at the end of the day, Matt Hardy, you and I are going to be hanging out at WrestleCade in just over a month here, Friday, November 24th. WrestleCade.com is where you're going to get your tickets. There is a fantastic GCW show that night, and right after that, you're going to be able to catch Matt Hardy and I live on stage with a special edition of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. What do you enjoy most about doing these live stage shows? Uh, it's just it's just so much fun. It's so much fun to be in an atmosphere where there there's an audience and people are out there and they're, you know, hanging on your words and and they're really enjoying some of the stories you're you're telling, some of the uh, the, the stuff that you're talking about. It, it just it, there's nothing better than being up there and performing in front of a live audience. I know you especially love it when people engage in our little podcast bits. So if you yeah. come to the show, make sure you do that. The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, taking the stage live at WrestleCade, WrestleCade.com. We would love to see you in attendance for that, Matt. You are going to be at the iconic New York City Comic Con this week. Is that correct? I am. I will be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Very excited to see everybody up in the Big Apple. Make sure you go meet Matt Hardy there. It's going to be an absolute blast. I'll have to try to hit you up while I'm in the city this week because I'm in the city a whole bunch this week. So yeah. we'll have to try to make something happen. Of course, check out that Extreme Life of Matt Hardy store. Just hit that QR code or go to boxofgimmicks.com and find that. And we want you on our advertising team as well. Advertisewithhardy.com. Get your business out in front of thousands and thousands of listeners and viewers every single week. Advertise with Hardy. Dot com. Anything else you want to say here, my friend? Yes. Matt fact, Matt is a creature of ritual. Matt fact, Matt rarely breaks from his routine. So I had both of those in my mind and I just like, froze, like, hold up, which one was I saying? And I wanted to get that uh, Matt is a creature of ritual with the new font that you do. Because mm -hmm. that's something I want to use over and over because I, I really am. Oh my God, I am such a creature of ritual. No, I got to make three mad facts for this. <laughs> well, I just, it's Tuesday. So uh, I figured I might get trouble. Sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, okay, John, right. now, now play the blooper. Can we put it after? <laughs> so that's what happened. Like my mind totally froze up and it's like, that. I had two in my mind circulating. See, see that. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Someone asked, I did an interview this past week where I was interviewed and someone was like, so, like, what happens? Do you, like, record the episode and then send it to your production team? I'm like, yeah, my computer. That's our production team. <laughs> John is the one-man show, guys. <laughs> well, it's a two-man show, but the production staff is one, even though we do get some help from our friend Wes. So thank you, Wesley, for whenever he comes through and created this awesome – I mean, this is an awesome yeah. layout that we've got here. It looks yeah, awesome. It's, so. it's great, yeah. Uh, big. Rosie says, take Matt to Chipotle for old time's sake. When, when Matt and I went to Chipotle for the first time, uh, we got comped. The, the 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 young man at the counter, he, he comped both of us. And you went like triple protein with that. 
<laughs> That's me. Big oh. meat guy. Again, I'm ready to serve you my meat whenever you ask. Me. I'm, I'm, I'm here to serve it, man. Hey, enjoy the Kansas City barbecue. Enjoy Rampage. Enjoy Dynamite. Great week for wrestling fans. I hope everyone out there enjoys their week. Any last words? Uh, no, this has been fun. And uh, happy birthday, TK. Thank you so much for uh, for starting a company that is allowing so many men and women to make livings. Very, very good. And thank you, TK. We greatly appreciate you here. The words have been spoken. We'll see you next week right here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. Delete!